0: one of our regular students for self-improvement wednesday each week you get to learn something new your lesson this week the forgotten percy cavill swimmer and beachcomber your teacher is tom wright an artistic associate at belvoir theater and tom joins us hello tom good afternoon richard let's talk about the cavills the whole family they're, they're a well-known sydney family who are pioneers of swimming in this town
1: yeah, Percy's dad, Fred, um, claimed to have taught the future Queen Mary to swim back in England, and he'd already attempted to swim the English Channel a, a, twice before he'd finally decided to come out to more civilised climates, and he settled in St Leonard's here in Sydney in 1879. Straight away, opened up a set of swimming baths in
0: Lavender Bay to cash in on the newfound popularity of the sport. And, and from that, he is actually the person who, who names the Australian crawl, isn't he?
1: Yes, he, he. Um, he been. People have been using a variation of overarm swimming since we've been first splashing in the water, but. At that time, there was competitive swimming and people were using a kind of a one-armed version. And old man Cavill, old Fred, he saw a lad called Alec Wickham at a school carnival using a two-armed version. He said, oh, look at that boy crawling over the water. And they started to brand this new type of swimming, the crawl, because um, this family, the Cavills, they had a real good knack for branding and marketing. They knew how to be under a good thing.
0: Okay, but of course, we think of this as the great Australian crawl. I played the the song by the McGarrigals, mentioning it a a little earlier. Uh, This fellow, they kind of copied it from, he's not Australian, though. He's a Solomon Islander.
1: Yeah, this chap, Alec Wickham, he was from the Solomon Islands. He was just swimming the way people had always had. Back at the Roviana Lagoon, where he was from, where we had spent his early childhood, he was just swimming the way he was taught. But, of course, it was a much more efficient way of swimming. And so cavill family were able to sort of put in place a different set of kicks they use scissor kicks instead of frog kicks and taught um put in place a way of breathing and pretty much it's the way
0: that australian kids Mm. are were taught to swim thereafter and now the world okay so they did refine it um kind of formalize it and name it so they're, they're pretty important that's that's the dad mainly but he's got these six sons and three daughters and they're all pretty intriguing aren't they
1: Yeah, they were all um, very athletic, great swimmers. They were teachers of swimming as well. They taught Annette Kellerman. They were pretty much fundamental to the sport of swimming and its establishment here in Sydney. Um, But there was one particular son called Percy who was the strangest in a way, the most eccentric, very handsome, very good looking bloke, very well built. But he didn't quite have the competitive drive of his brothers and sisters. And so while they were setting world records and swimming great laps, he tended to get tired of the. Routine. I mean, not everyone in the family can handle the many, many hours, in the early mornings, as I'm sure many of your listeners will know of what it's like to
0: be swimming, even in those days. Mm. Some of the brothers become daredevils, don't they?
1: Yeah, there was a brother, Charlie. He swam the Golden Gate Straits in San Francisco to raise a bit of publicity for himself. And then he said, oh, I'm going to break the record for holding my breath underwater at Stockton in California. he moved over to the States. And so Charlie sort of assembled all of the throngs of press and tried to break the world record for holding his breath underwater. Uh, didn't go well, Richard, I think it's fair to say. Uh, it took the divers a few days to find poor old Charlie Cavill's body he wasn't he he wasn't
0: yes he wasn't the only brother to die yeah there there was another brother who's nicknamed Tums
1: Arthur his name was he also thought that he'd give it a go to try and raise a bit of publicity and so he um, attempted to swim across Seattle Harbour in 1914 but he probably picked the wrong month for it and again it took divers days to find his frozen body as well.
0: Now, Percy, who's the brother who's our focus, the the handsome one you mentioned, he follows the brothers over to the US. He lives there for a while, but then suddenly he disappears. Yeah, one day he was working in a country club in Miami and one day he just disappeared.
1: And he just disappeared off the face of the earth and no one knew what happened to big, broad-shouldered, handsome Percy Cavill.
0: He'd just gone into the ether. Step up to 1929, uh, there's an Australian aviator, isn't there? Yeah, there's a, people might remember there was a, an
1: aviatrix, a woman, Jessie Miller, whose nickname was Chubby. She was competing in one of those races that were very popular for planes in the late 1920s. And her plane came down in a very remote K of um, one of the keys there in uh, the Bahamas, and so she was found herself stranded. She was only slightly injured. They weren't necessarily in danger of losing their lives, but they were stranded. They couldn't get word back that they were actually all right. So they were sort of found themselves sort of living in a hut relying upon the generosity of locals. And then late one night, in walks a tall, broad-shouldered bloke with long hair and even longer beard and looked like something like a sunburnt Viking. And he says to Chubby Miller in the broadest of accents, G'day. I reckon I could get you somewhere where you could give your mum a bit of a bell, (laughs) and it was Percy Cavill.
0: He'd been living in hiding down in Bahamas. he dropped out, as we say. Now, he he basically become a beachcomber there. Is Is that right? Yeah,
1: the, he'd pretty much taken up beachcombing. He'd made himself a, a a shack out of coral and out of shells. And he was he sort of, when he needed to make a bit of living, he living he indulged himself in rum smuggling, which was very much part of the Bahamas trade into Florida at that time. Um, but he he was sort of pretty much what we nowadays call a bit of a dropout, and certainly something of a hermit. Chubby would have been the first Australian he would have spoken to in quite a few years, and so he he packed her onto the back of his raft, um, took her through seventy kilometres of shark-infested sea and finally got her back to Nassau. And she was able to telegram her mum and say, Mum, I'm safe. And Percy just went back to his beachcombing. The, the locals there in the Bahamas around where he came from claimed that he sometimes slept in the water. He was such an aqu- aquatic figure. He would actually just lie there in the water and sleep because he could sleep like an otter or a seal or something. And so he just disappeared again, even though he briefly appeared as this hero saving the Australian aviator. He disappeared and he, he wasn't heard of again until he died in his mid-60s. And, well, this is in the early days of the Second World War.
0: You can still see
1: his shack there. Yeah, it's a, um, apparently I, I, I haven't visited it myself, but I'm told that there's a certain. Walking track out of the way along the dunes there in a certain part of the Bahamas, and there you can find the remnants of his shackle out of coral, sort of with shells inlaid into it. Now, obviously, tourism's opened up in the last few decades in the Bahamas so much, and there's actually apparently the local government's put up a plaque which tells the story of the grizzled Sydney side So, for those who are taking that bit of off the track Bahamas hiking experience along the coral keys there, they can actually see the place where the old um, rum smuggler lived out
0: his days. Okay, once we're allowed to travel again. One- One final curious note, you can kind of see a statue of him here in Sydney.
1: Yeah, you don't just have to go to the Bahamas to see a memorial to him. Because in 1895, Percy was used, obviously he was a young bloke then, in 1895, Percy was used as the model for the male statues, those white statues on the top of the Queen Victoria building in town. So when listeners are out of isolation and in George Street, you can look up and you can see
0: Percy in his cosy up there, high up, looking back down at you. What a fantastic tale. I don't know how you come up with these stories, Tom, but absolutely engrossing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Richard. There's uh, Tom Wright, Artistic Director at Belvoir Street Theatre, with the story of Percy Cavill and the whole family of Cavills, including Fred, who uh, really named and formalised the Australian Crawl. You can listen again online at abc.net.au slash sydney subscribe to the free self-improvement wednesday podcast next week dr eliza middleton lab manager of the invertebrate behavior and ecology lab at the university of sydney will be our guest for self-improvement